This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montessi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's Supernatural Breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Hey everyone, Andrew Montesi here, and I'm coming to you from Reading, California. Now, a few months ago, my wife and I, with our kids, sold everything and moved out here from South Australia. That's the other side of the world, in the middle of a global pandemic. Now that the dust is settling, I've finally had a chance to take a moment and reflect on just what we've done. The pure faith risk, craziness, and the miracles that have unfolded. Now, I started this podcast to share the insights of some pretty amazing people on what it takes to unlock the supernatural in business in times of crisis. Now, this is a chapter in my own story, even though I'm really just at the beginning. So let me start by just turning back the clock almost exactly 12 months ago. We did a family trip to California. It was amazing. We were spending our last week in Reading to check out Bethel. My wife, Hannah, had always dreamed of going to Bethel's School of Supernatural Ministry and wanted to check everything out. I just thought I was doing some Christian tourism and just ticking a few boxes. But that changed pretty quickly. God facilitated some incredible relationships within the business community out here. I experienced the culture and not just the church. At the time, I was transitioning out of a full-time role in a startup to focus on my own business, which could be run from anywhere. So I did start to think that I could potentially do a stint out here long term. Meanwhile, Hannah was absolutely all in. I conceded that a move could be possible at some point, but I was still non-committal. Uh, but we were talking about it. Then during worship on Sunday night uh, at Bethel, the Holy Spirit spoke to both of us separately. Yeah, she said, it's not about you two, it's about your kids. Whack, and that just smacked us right between the eyes. Then God started to talk about this move as the catalyst for a generational shift for our family. It wasn't about us, it wasn't even about Bethel. It was about so much more, and that this move would change everything. So we got home and I started thinking about this a bit more. That we'd burn through our savings. I'm full-time in a new business with no working capital whatsoever, and Hannah is a stay-at-home mum. I started crunching the numbers about what it would cost to move our family overseas, converting the Aussie dollar to USD, plus school fees for Hannah and the kids. It's just ridiculous. But by faith, Hannah was committed. So I found some cheap flights and used points to fly back to Reading a few months later, continue some of the business conversations that I'd started, and really explore for myself if we were actually going to do this. It was a great week, but pretty uneventful. I slipped into daily life out here like I'd always been here, and that was a bit weird. But there was no big word of God moments or prophetic words like I hoped. The last day comes and I hop in my hire car to head back to San Francisco airport with a friend of a friend who was also flying out and needed a lift. On a three-hour trip, this guy starts talking to me about what we'll do in 2020, will impact our family for generations. And he saw a vision of my son as a young man on a stage in front of thousands talking about what we did back in 2020 and how it changed everything. There it was again, that generational purpose, and it hit me right at the core. Then I get on the plane, I sit down, and the Holy Spirit just hits me. I'm not a feeler, 
I hadn't felt anything like this before. It was very unusual. But I could feel the weight of the Holy Spirit and I knew I had to commit to this move. It actually felt like it would be disobedience to say anything other than yes. This is so much bigger than business, even though business is a piece of the puzzle. Again, I realise this is so much bigger than me. I can't fully understand why and maybe I won't this side of eternity, but this has to be done. So I get home and we said yes. And we'd aim to get there to Reading in September for the start of school in just seven months. Financially, it was absolutely impossible. Logistically, it was pretty much impossible. Then the global pandemic hits. The whole world shuts down. Unprecedented, absolutely impossible. Hannah and I both prayed. Are we still going to do this, God? Yep, was a simple answer. Okay. Riots start happening all over the US. The build-up to the election goes crazy. Are we still doing this, God? The answer again, yep. Okay. All the Holy Spirit quietly said was that he'd open up every door and all we needed to do was take one step at a time. So that's just what we did. We didn't tell many people our plans. It was just so ambitious and ridiculous, to be honest. It was hard talking to our parents about it and difficult for them to understand, and I don't blame them. We were taking their grandkids to the other side of the world for who knows how long. It was hard for us to explain a calling that is just so deeply personal. That was a really tough process, and it actually taught me to keep my mouth shut about broadly what we were doing. I didn't want to invite conversations from people who couldn't or didn't want to see the heart of the matter. So anyway, Hannah starts liquidating everything in the house. She's a mad collector and has been picking stuff up from op shops, the side of the road, whatever. She's been doing this for years. And she was making some serious cash selling this stuff. New clients in my business started coming in, as well as new supernatural ideas, including one, a coaching program for a niche industry that I had access to, that generated just under $10,000 upfront straight away. The bank then asked us if we wanted to pause our home loan through the peak of COVID. Hannah just clicked the yes button and all of a sudden we were able to pump our home loan repayments into our savings. Financially, we're actually starting to look pretty solid, but it still looks like we can't leave the country. We needed to get an appointment with a US consulate because there isn't one in South Australia, so we needed to go interstate. We were booked in for Melbourne, that got cancelled. We tried to move it to Perth. They completely closed their borders. It didn't look like we could get into Sydney either, the consulate there, until December. And by then it would just be too late. We might as well have to wait until next year. So it's now August and Hannah was done. It was the first time that I actually saw her concede. Well, at least she started to concede defeat. All options were seemingly exhausted. And she just sat down next to me and said, maybe we heard wrong. I don't think we're going. But something came over me and I knew just that just wasn't true. I knew that we'd heard right and we'd committed and I wasn't going to back down now. Then Hannah reads online that you can apply for an emergency consulate appointment and they'll fast track you through the process. So she did this and applied to Sydney and success. We got an appointment in four days. So we get a huge amount of documents together. My job was to prove our finances, a challenge in a messy new business that was running through a trust. Hannah organised all the visa documentation, which was just a ridiculously massive process. We get to Sydney, go to the consulate, there's barely a soul there. We get to our meeting, a few basic questions, the guy doesn't even look at my documents and just rubber stamps our visas. Just like that, we were on. 
we fly back into Adelaide. And because of the COVID rules, we're forced to lock down for two weeks. We book flights to the US in just 18 days time. We'd only have four days out before leaving the country. I take quarantine really seriously in Adelaide. We had four police visits in six days. So then we're madly packing the house, selling everything, organising movers, organising our house to get rented out. I'm also trying to work. Then I get shingles. Now, if you've had shingles before, you know it's no good. Crazy nerve pain. I had it all through my head and my eye. All you can really do is manage it and pray. But at the same time, there's just this strange grace and peace. I sell my car for a ridiculously good price that gives me unexpected cash. One of my great friends gives us some money to cover our flights. And how's this? Through all of this, Hannah's sales, she had $3,000 counted and bundled under her bed. When she took it to the bank and they counted it, there was an extra $1,000, $4,000 instead of $3,000. It's clearly an out-and-out miracle. And honestly, we were just so blessed in many ways. So we spent some time staying with family for a couple of days, packed eight huge suitcases and plus four carry-on, and we went to the airport. Still with shingles, I had to move all the luggage onto our flight from Sydney, off the flight from Sydney to our overnight hotel, from the overnight hotel back to the airport, from San Francisco airport to the airport hotel. Then I hired a van and the back door didn't open. So I had to Jenga 12 pieces of luggage through the side door. (laughs) It was a pretty hellish experience. But again, there was a grace on it. So we drive up to Reading to our rental home, which I found online and took a risk to sign the lease without checking it. Thankfully, it was beautiful, but empty. But thank God for the local business community up here. Guys really got around us, including previous guests from this podcast, to help us settle in, find, move furniture and get set up. Mad collector Hannah was doing her thing. Within a week, our house was pretty much fitted out. Quick pause to the story to explain the reaction to our move. It was obviously hard for our parents, but they could now see that this was clearly a God thing. So that somewhat helped. But I'm sure that it will take some processing and some time. My clients were amazing. Some really championed and encouraged me. COVID actually really helped here. Everyone is just so familiar now to do business by Zoom that whether I'm in an office in California or South Australia, it actually doesn't really make a difference. I mentioned that I didn't tell many people. So when I put up a post on social media that we'd moved... Stacks of people were just blindsided. I was surprised how many people, many who I hadn't seen in years, were really inspired by a gutsy move. I realised that most people have been parking up their dreams, waiting for COVID to pass. Our story made them realise that you could still pursue your purpose and what's on your heart. Anyway, back to the story. Hannah and the kids start school and are absolutely loving it. To be honest, I'm the one that's probably struggling most at this time. I'm just used to doing things my way, going to the office first thing in the morning, working for 10 hours, coming home, hanging out with the kids, then repeat. Now I'm doing school drop-off, picking up Hannah and the kids, spending much more time at home and squeezing in pieces of work here and there wherever I can. I was working half the hours I normally would. I was irritable, frustrated, cranky. Then I realised, probably through the Holy Spirit of course, I'm actually coming off an addiction, an addiction to work. Then the Holy Spirit Spirit says this, you've been praying to live a true kingdom life that isn't dictated by hours of work, and that's true, I had been, but now you've got it and you don't like it. Whack. Again, another thing that hits me between the eyes. Just that revelation that the thing I've been praying for, this freedom, the ability to live a true kingdom life and realising that (laughs) when I got it, I didn't even like it, 
That revelation snapped me out of my funk. So we get on with life and what we're called to do. Not quite. Then COVID spikes in our county. Hannah gets a fever. And it was just that uh-oh moment. Of course, she tests positive. Thankfully, very mild symptoms. But then the kids and I test positive. Again, thankfully, we had pretty much no symptoms. But it meant being locked down for another two weeks. More pressure. This was particularly hard for Hannah. She processed the fact that she wouldn't be getting the experience from the school that she expected. But again, God speaks. He reminds us that we're in the exact place we're supposed to be. So now, thank God, we're healthy, we're happy, the kids are in school, and we're finding our feet again. But our journey is really just beginning. But to clarify, well, what have I learned so far? Let me just zero in on just a few key points. Firstly, you need to hear from God for yourself. Don't outsource to the nearest prophet. We didn't get, get that big word. God spoke to us directly. And every step of the way, when we'd waver, he'd just remind us that we were on track and he was opening every door in front of us. Next one. Being in the will of God and aligned with his purpose trumps circumstances every time. If he calls you to do something, he's going to provide for it. Nothing can stand in the way of his purposes and plans, even a global pandemic. And when you're in that alignment, doesn't mean you don't have challenges, but he gives you a grace to overcome everything. Looking back, I honestly can't believe how we got over all those hurdles. Purpose trumps trends too. From a worldly perspective, more people seem to be leaving California than coming. And America is facing tough times in just about every sphere. But the Bible's pretty clear that we're not of this world. And I believe the kingdom way is to be above and ahead of the trends. In fact, when we're flowing with the world, it's probably greater cause for concern. So the fact that we seem to be swimming against the tide was actually validation for us more than anything. Third point, there has to be unity in the unit. It has to be a family calling. We knew that this wasn't just about me or Hannah. God spoke to us about that. When there is a bigger play and it's bigger than any individual, when it's about family and about a generation, everyone buys in and pulls together towards this divine purpose. When a move like this is based on one person, for example, a job or a business move, it's much harder. I've seen situations like this where the rest of the family feels like they're just being dragged along for the ride. And when the pressure's on, cracks start to appear. I know that if we weren't unified in this calling, it just simply wouldn't have happened. Next point, get lean and agile. God spoke to me a couple of years ago about my business. All he said is he wanted me independent and not tied to anyone or anything. And now I know why. I run my business from a laptop. I have contractors instead of employees. And I can move, adapt and do anything from anywhere. And it's the same in life. Actually, selling up was a beautiful process. We didn't love our stuff. We didn't need most of it. Selling it was actually lifting a burden. Next point, shut your mouth. You can't expect people, including those closest to you, to understand a heart decision. This is between you and God, so be careful who you let in, particularly when you're working through it. Next point, tear up your plan. I didn't budget or crunch the numbers. Every time I tried to, it just freaked me out, to be honest. Every time I just tried to make that plan and tried to get organised, it just felt impossible and exhausting. Normally I strategize. it's what we do in business. But God said to take it one step at a time, and it absolutely protected us and protected the mission. Okay, 
Next point. Still got a few more to go, so just stick with me. Faith without works, that is faith without evidence of faith, is dead. You know, so we all talk about faith. We ask and desire for miracles, but we never actually get off the couch. We never step out of our comfort zone and maintain our safety net. This was me a year ago, but I've learned firsthand that if you want to see God move, you've got to take risks. Don't take your old system into a new season. This was another massive takeaway for me. This was really big when I went through that work addiction, breaking off that stuff phase that I talked about. I was trying to do what I've always done, but my world has completely changed. The Holy Spirit told me to not take my old model, which was my old way of doing things, and try and apply it in a new season. This was a reset, and I needed to rebuild his way. Next point, seek him first, and everything else will work out. We all quote Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But again, what if we actually lived it? This is especially important in business. If you go after what God's calling you to do, even if it means your business takes a back step, his promise is that he will sort everything else out, even when it doesn't make sense. So if pursuing him looks like a bad move for business on paper, I need to trust that these, all of these things, my business, my needs, etc., will be added to me. So what does this mean in practice? I was praying about my business a few weeks ago. And I was just really asking what to focus on. And God said, family. I was like, hang on, God. I wasn't talking about my family or anything else. I was actually talking specifically about my business. So what do I focus on? He says again, family. All right, that's clear then. So when I realign my priorities God's way and business slips down the list, I can still trust, based on Matthew 6.33, that my business will still prosper. And it seems counterintuitive, but every time I've tested this word, He's been faithful. Surprise, surprise. So if you're still listening, thank you for allowing me to process my crazy life and these ridiculous last few months. But I feel like it's actually a pretty good case study of what it means to operate supernaturally in times of crisis. This is really just the opening chapter for me, so stay tuned. And if you've got any thoughts or feedback, connect with me. My details are in the show notes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.